good morning, Pathway. Man, you guys glad to be at church this morning? Man, wasn't that an amazing time of worship? That was so, so good. And again, if you're new, welcome. My name is Brian. I'm the pastor. And at Pathway, we, we simply want this. We want to help you know God find family, and make a difference. That's what we're all about. Everything we do revolves around that. And so, uh, man, again, thank you so much for being here. You picked a great day to come because uh, in January every year we, we do two things. Uh, we start off the year every year, we always have, with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we kicked that off last week. And so if you weren't here last week, it's not too late to jump in. In fact, I'm asking you as your pastor, jump in right now. Uh, you just got two weeks to go. So um, and so we would just encourage you to just all church, all hands on deck, nobody excluded. We're all going to be praying and fasting uh, for the year. And then in addition to that, we always do our really most popular series that we do every year called Asking for a Friend. And this is where we just figuratively turn the mic over to you. Any questions you have about anything? So it will have to be related to the Bible. No, I mean anything. And and uh, we'll we'll answer those. And what about parenting my kids? Or what about you know whatever? Um, and so. Feel free to do that. You can submit those anonymously, um, and or you can write your name with it. doesn't matter to us, but uh, we get amazing questions every single year, and we really do our best to answer everyone. In fact, every year we pretty much do answer all of them. And so uh, for the next four weeks, uh, next four Sundays, that's what we're going to be doing. And every year we always start with it. We have a different staff pastor with us, and today we have our executive pastor, Pastor Kyle Upton. Let's give it up for Pastor Kyle. So, What's up, man? What's up? How are you? I'm good. How, how are you? Good, good. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I love this series. Um, did you also tell them, are there cards in their seats where they could write a question down? I believe so. Yeah, there should be cards down, in So yeah. if you got something stern, and like you said, it can be anonymous. So if you ask a really weird question, you know, we, we might still answer it. Um, but uh, I'm feeling good. I'm a, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a really deep thinker. I, I didn't know that. About you didn't? I didn't. I mean, no. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of times I'm just sitting around the day just thinking about life and the things in life, you know? Like, for instance, do you think cereal is soup? Yes or no? I, I would say no. Why? Because soup, cereal disintegrates and soup doesn't. Okay. I mean, not. it depends on what kind of cereal you have. What's your favorite kind of cereal? Oh man, I, all uh, honey, honeycomb, golden grams, lucky That's charms. Weird. That's like bag cereal. <laughs> what do you mean bag? Like oh, you're talking, cereal, you're talking like, like cream of wheat. No, I mean like oatmeal? good cereal. You know, like oh. Captain Crunch or oh, something. Just wow. really, yeah, yeah. Berries or no berries? Berries? No berries. Okay, all right. Captain Crunch hurts my mouth. What about this pizza? Anybody here? Pineapple on pizza or no pineapple? Raise your hand for pineapple. Oh man, no pineapple. Okay. Man, the pineapple people, we're, we're getting an extra good. quick access to heaven, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? I don't know that I've ever had it, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, if you had to pick one animal that you think is the rudest animal ever, what animal would you choose uh, and why? I Probably, I would say cat, but that would offend half the people in the room. And no. so I won't say cat. Cat people um, are good people. Uh, yeah, you're a cat person. I love cats. Uh, not that I don't like them. I don't. I I'm not as deep a thinker as you apparently because well, I've never thought of there is one here in Yukon that I'm convinced is the rudest animal on the face of the planet. It's the goose. Yeah, Anybody with yeah. me? The that's, goose. That's good. that's good. Yeah. How many of yeah. you? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand because some of the animal lovers in the audience will you know hate your guts. But how many of you? You see those geese crossing the road and you're like, 
I could just take this goose flock out right now, and then I'd be on Yukon Happenings or... Man, a goose is the meanest thing ever. That's true. I, I hadn't thought of goose. Have you, have you ever been chased by a goose? No. No. Man. No. This is good. This is what the series is all about, yeah. right? Yeah. Deep yeah. questions to life. Yeah. Rudest animal. Yeah. yeah. That, that was all I got this week. Okay. Uh, well, for you. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, I was going to tell you, too, you, when uh, nobody ever sits by me down here, uh-huh. and so to hear you singing, you're a pretty good singer. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a pretty good singer. Whatever. Whatever. It's good. Um, Yeah, any other deep questions? Well, I was thinking this while I was actually watching you. (laughs) I was thinking, you would look really cool with a mustache. (laughs) No. I think so. (laughs) I've tried. Yeah, that was uh, what the Lord was speaking to my heart about right then. I look look like I'd be on a wanted poster. Um, Well, what are some of the good questions we got this week? So the good questions, great point. Um, and uh, first, I, I want to meant to mention this earlier, but um, as as many of you know, we have adopted as a church Parkland Elementary this year, and uh, we're excited about that. In fact, give you a heads up: this week, uh, through your giving, we're going to be providing lunch for all the teachers—a Chick Fil A catered lunch. Yeah. And so, thank you for your giving. We're going to do that this week. And uh, also, at the end of last year, in about mid-December, we had someone from Pathway say, hey, uh, we just feel God putting on our heart to help uh, contribute towards paying the outstanding lunch balances of any students um, at the elementary that, you know, students have to pay lunches and, uh, and maybe they're not able to pay. We want to help contribute towards that. So, okay, great. And so the, they gave, and, and it was great. I emailed the principal, said, hey, we'd like to do this. And she said, well, let's wait until January so we know the total for December. I said, okay. So she emailed me on uh, Tuesday, I think, of this week or Wednesday and told me the amount. And it was the exact amount, like to the dollar, of what different people in Pathway gave for that. That's amazing that when you step out of faith, like Michelle was singing earlier, that when you step out, God is going to meet that need. And uh, so because of you, uh, there are families in Yukon where their, their lunch bill for their kids is paid for December. And we're going to keep doing that throughout the rest of the school year. But man, thank you for giving. And then through uh, Light Your City, we were able to keep the lights on for several different families in our area, in our community. So thank you again for that, for your giving and for your generosity. So that's good stuff. So our, uh, our first question, again, you can ask any questions. And what we try to do when we get to questions is kind of they'll, they'll on their own develop a theme or a group, and we put them together. And so you'll kind of see a pattern this week. Um, and, again, feel free to submit your questions for the next several weeks. Um, this is a question we have. Um, are we able to heal, cast out demons, or is that something that is only done in the Bible? And I think, yeah, they'll be on the screen. So are we able to heal people? Are we able as Christians, uh, as followers of Jesus, to cast out demons? Or was that only done in the Bible time? And that's a great, great question. And as always, what we do for this series, we start with the Bible as our foundation. So everything we do at Pathway, we want to see what does the Bible say? And where the Bible is really, really clear, whether it's popular or unpopular with culture, we tell you what the Bible says uncompromisingly. Uh, Where the Bible maybe isn't quite as clear as we would like it to be, we'll just tell you, hey, this isn't really clear. Here's kind of what we think maybe uh, on that. And so uh, great, uh, great question. So to give you some verses in the Bible, there's a lot of, of parts of the Bible, especially in the New Testament that address this specifically, like a lot. I'm just going to give you what I think might be the top three. So the first one will be this in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 uh, through 10. 
says the same spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit or God's spirit, gives great faith to someone or to one, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and he goes on and on. And in that chapter, he's giving a list of spiritual gifts that God gives every follower of Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, that you have a spiritual gift that is directly from God, for you to help build up the body of Christians, the body, the church. And so uh, the question really for you is, do you know what your gift is? And, and, um, but he gives a whole list of what those gifts are. But here we clearly see in the New Testament that one of them is a gift of healing. So clearly there are some people, uh, maybe even in this room, that the Holy Spirit, that is the gift that he has given you is a gift of healing. Now, he'll go later on in that chapter. I encourage you to read the whole chapter, but to talk about, hey, the, the purpose of these gifts is not to build you up, say, oh, look at me. I have this great miracle thing, and I can heal people. No, no, no. Kind of like my singing. Kind of like your singing. Yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot yeah. like, yeah. Listen to how great Pastor Kyle yeah. is. Um, but it's to uh, always reflect him and build other people up. And so um, can, can people be healed today? Is this for people today? Yes. In fact, there's nowhere in the New Testament that says, hey, this was only for the disciples or only for the early Christians. There's no indication for that at all. And so we believe, the Bible is very clear on this, that yes, God gives us today, right now, January 8, 2023, in Yukon, gives people the gift of healing. So yes, people can heal. Here's some other ones we're going to move on. Mark chapter 16, the New Testament, verse 15 through 18. Then he, and Jesus, talking about Jesus, and he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead on Easter. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So if you're a follower of Jesus, these are the signs that should follow your life. They will cast out demons in my name and will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and they will drink. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So a couple of things. One, we see this play out in the Acts of the disciples. There's the fifth book of the New Testament called Acts, and these things happen. In fact, there was a, a time where a guy named Paul in Acts was bitten by a poisonous snake, and it didn't just bite him and retreat like normal snakes do. It clung onto him, which was a weird thing, but he wasn't uh, poisoned. He, he didn't die from it, and it, you, God used that to witness to all of the other people that he was shipwrecked with, and they all began to give their faith in Jesus as a result of that. So, look, again, we, we would say this, that Sometimes you hear Christians, or maybe you have non-Christian friends, or maybe you're one of those, and you're here today. Welcome, Pathways is a place just for you. But you're like, you know, somebody invites you to church, like, it's not a snake handling church, is it? All right, so that's where people get that from. Pathway is not a snake handling church, all right? We, we won't be, uh, you know, as anything, as a lot of things anyway, people can take things and go to extremes, right? So are there some whack jobs out there that take this way out of context and go to the utter extreme? Yes. Um, are they really followers of Jesus? I doubt it. That's my opinion. I just, I don't think you can reconcile those two things. So uh, same thing with drinking poison. This does not mean go into your cabinet, drink poisonous things and say, ta-da. No, it's not a magic show. You're not Simon and Garfunkel or whoever. That's a band, I think, right? Uh, I don't think he's a yeah. magician. I don't know. Uh, who, there's a Simon, right? Isn't, isn't there yeah, in Vegas? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't been to Vegas. That didn't go the way I was thinking. Um, but so I think you got to be, you got to use... So common sense. So this is not saying, hey, go out there and grab poisonous snakes and just play with them. No, don't do that. Um, if you do, don't say you're a Christian. Uh, drink poisonous things. No. But 
we do see clearly that we're able to cast out demons. So that doesn't mean we're going around looking for that. All right, we're not looking for demons behind every bush. We're not, you know, again, people can abuse these things. But does Jesus right here say that that is for us today? Those who believe this is a sign that will follow them. Yes. And so, yeah, Christians today can cast out demons and they can heal. So uh, absolutely, yes. And then one last, we'll get Pastor Kyle's thoughts. I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go. I, I'm sure some of you were trying to cast out some demons from your children this morning <laughs> on the way to church. But, uh, I, I, you know, I grew up, this is unique to me because I grew up in the Baptist world. Okay. And there we kind of struggle with this right here, you know? And, and I think it's important to remember that what this is really saying is, are, are we able to, or are we able to heal? No, I'm not able to heal anyone, but Christ in me, Jesus through me, I can, I can allow him to use me to heal other people. How many of you, we saw a perfect example just this week on Monday night football. We saw a perfect example of how God can heal. Amen. Right. And, and, and that's true. And as we're singing this song breakthrough, I just wonder how many of you, your breakthrough may not be for yourself, but your breakthrough, really what you're wanting is for another person. Right. And I'm sure that's many of us in this room. And I just want to keep encouraging you that you that can happen, that God can use that. And, and I think it's so cool, too. I don't know how long it's probably been that, that maybe us as a country have been so unified in yeah. praying for one person right. and just to see the miracle that God can do in that person's life. And uh, I think when we rally collectively behind a miracle that we want to see God do, God can use us. And so I just want to keep encouraging you to lean into that, that God can use you to heal, to bring a demon out of somebody, uh, to really change somebody's life. So, yeah, lean into that's, that. Yeah, that's very good. That's a great point. And, and exactly, this is never to say, look at me and look at what I can do because you can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, but it is as Pastor Christ, Christ in you. So it is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So he does it all. He's just using you to do it. So always understand that distinction. Anytime people try to make it more about them, no, that's a turn off. I'm running away from you. Um, but it's always in that humble attitude about the other person. That's a great point about Monday Night Football. I was watching the game and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and, and you know, you just think, and truly that is a miracle. That's what the doctors have said. It's a miracle. And and yeah, I mean, our, our whole nation, everywhere you look, people are praying for this one individual and, and rightfully so. It just makes you think, man, what if we all did that for other things as well, right? As a whole nation, like, and so sometimes people are, well, you know, enough with prayers and good thoughts. No, it works. I mean, we just saw it this week. And so yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, last verse on this. And again, there's a lot in the New Testament, but um, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, Jesus is talking here again. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And so, again, um, he, he, Jesus says greater things. What did Jesus do? He cast out demons. He healed people. And so Jesus said, here's where I had the bar. I'm setting the bar higher for you. And so if I can cast out demons and I can heal people, then I'm going to do that through you continually. And so that's what we see. So it's really good. Um, you know, I would say this for some people that might be skeptical of, of miracles, whether that be casting out a demon or healing. Um, and again, you got to be careful with getting on extremes on those things. But um, if you believe that God could do a financial miracle, right, or, or man, there's just no way, God, that, that this would happen financially, and yet God does it, why wouldn't you, to me, logically think God could heal someone of a disease or a sickness, 
right? I mean, if God can do a miracle, it's a miracle, it's a miracle, it's a miracle, whether it's financial, whether it's something else, or something big like saving someone's life that died on national television. I mean, if God's able to do a miracle, it doesn't matter what type it is. He can do a miracle. That's the point. And so I think it's really important, even uh, just in our own life. I've seen this several times, um, not all the time, to be, to be honest. But um, our daughter, when she was born, they, they told her she has a 25% chance to live. And they didn't think she would make it through the night. Uh, you know, it was about two days after she was born and all kinds of medical stuff. And so they, they were telling us, hey, prepare for the worst. And, and it was horrible. And they, they truly said, unless there's a miracle, she is not going to make it. So we prayed. My wife and I prayed literally all night. And um, at about 5 in the morning, I called the hospital, said, how's she doing? They said, it, we can't explain it, but she is as bad as she was going the one way. Now she's going the other way, and she's being healed. And we got there, they, the doctor had said, this is a miracle. I, I, I cannot explain this medical science. I can't explain this. This is a miracle. We're like, yeah, God, God healed her. So uh, we've seen that in our own life. Um, any, any other thoughts that you have on this? One? No, that's good. It's good. All right, our next question um, how do we know that we are living in the days of revelation? What are we supposed to look for as Christ followers? So if you're unfamiliar, the Bible, uh, the last book of the Bible is called Revelation. It's called that because uh, John, the guy that wrote it, was a follower of Jesus, a disciple. He's the last and oldest living disciple, lives into his 90s. But when he gets this vision from Jesus, this revelation. Um, he's on, on prison island, kind of like you think of an Alcatraz type of place, uh, and Patmos, and he's there. And Jesus comes and shows him the vision for things that are going to happen within the next hundred years and things that are going to happen until he returns. And so it's all there in Revelation. That's how the Bible ends, so to speak. And so that's what they're talking about. How do we know if we're living in the days of Revelation? We're talking about the last things of the Bible and and then the second part, what are we supposed to look for as Christians? And um, Jesus actually gives you the answer to all of this. And every May here at Pathway, we do a two-week series on end-time events. Every May. We always, pretty much always have and, and always will. We always do it in May. So, um, so I'm just going to give you a quick snippet of that. But I encourage you, if you want the full thing, read all of Matthew in the New Testament. It's the first book. Matthew was the guy that wrote it, follower of Jesus but the last week of Jesus' life, the disciples ask him that question. Read the rest of chapter 24 and 25. Jesus answers it. But just will give you a little bit here. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 8. Later, Jesus sat down on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when all this will happen. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So going back to this person's question. I mean, they're, they're asking the same question that the disciples did. Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Look at verse 8. But all this is only the first part of birth pains with more to come. And so Jesus, and he gives more details the rest of that chapter, but basically he says this, hey, look, all this stuff's going to happen. The, the moon will go out, the sun, I mean, all these crazy things are going to happen astronomically and, and uh, weather-related and the economies of the world, wars and famines and, and all that's going to happen. Don't panic, all right? That's the key takeaway of this question. 
When you see, you know, an economic crisis or you see country invading another country, as we saw last February that is still going on now, don't panic. Should we be concerned? Yes, of course, there's a war, it's serious. But don't panic. Well, there's a drought in the western part of the United States, and what about this one? It's very serious. We should be concerned. We should pray about it. But don't panic. All that is part of it, Jesus says. And look at the last part. It's just the beginning with more to come. So the short answer is the moment Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago and ascended to heaven, from that moment, we have been living in the last days ever since then. On, on our perspective, we're, we have very narrow views of time. God has all the view of time. He is outside of time. So to God, in his world, uh, his thinking, like, it's not been that long. But, yes, we're living in the last days. So I think that's really important to understand. Um, we're living in the last days now. Are we more in the last days than we were a week ago? Yes. Uh, will we be three weeks from now, five years from now? Yes. But don't panic. Here's the big point that I always tell followers of Jesus. Um, you know, should we, be, should we uh, know certain things and look to uh, when Jesus is going to return and the end of the world? Should we, we be aware of those things? Yes. I mean, the disciples ask the question. Jesus gives the answer. So, yeah, we, should, we shouldn't be foolish about it. But you should never obsess about it either. And, again, back to that balance thing. There are some Christians that uh, really bother me because that's all they talk about. That they're just obsessed about. I mean, just, oh, I see if this country does this, and that's, an, a, that's, a, that's a prophetic sign of this and this. And I say, look, you know, I, I honestly don't know whether it is or it isn't. Here's the big point that Jesus wants you and I to have. You're obsessed about it. Stop. Quit being obsessed about it. Uh, be aware. You need to be aware. But you need to be prepared for his return, meaning you've given your life to him, have a relationship with him. And in addition to that, you need to go prepare others. And when I say prepare others, I don't mean get an underground missile silo bunker and convert it, all right? Don't. No, don't be a prepper. Don't be a weirdo like that and just, oh, if this all happens, we got to go with our cabin in the woods and the secret. No. Prepare others means spiritually. Make sure that they're spiritually ready that when they see Jesus, they're ready to spend eternity with him. So the big question about the end of the world, are we living in the last days? Yes. Should you panic and, and, and flip out about it and be obsessed about it? Absolutely not. Jesus is telling you what we just read. Don't panic. Do you need to be prepared? Spiritually, yes. Is, do you have a relationship with him? And secondly, who are you preparing? It's great that you're ready to meet Jesus, but who are you preparing for his return? Um, that's the main, if you're going to obsess about anything, obsessed about reaching people for Jesus, right? That's what we need to be obsessed about. So um, that's that. That's kind of any thoughts? Well, first off, I'm a little concerned because not too many people laughed at your prepper joke, which makes me <laughs> kind of concerned with some people here. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, I think you, we've all had that grandmother that's like, Man, the world's coming to an end, right? Like, it's just, and we put so much emphasis on that, and books have been written about that. And, and, and I'm kind of with you that, you know, there's a lot more, there's more serious things for the church to, to deal with than is the end of the world tomorrow. Uh, in, in reality, uh, there's people who are dying and going to hell all around us. 
and they need to know Jesus. And that's why this church exists, is so that we can tell the people who are far from God how they can be close to God and how God can make a difference in their life and how God can change them. And we each know those people, and we encounter them every single day, whether it's at school or work uh, or in, in your social life. We encounter those people, and really the conversation doesn't need to lead to how bad politics are and how bad you know things are in the world, but really it needs to lean towards, hey, do you know Jesus? And, and living that out, or just simply, you know, maybe you, you're not brave enough to just ask them that question. Like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Can I just challenge you? Just bring them to church, you know? Like, we, we, tell, them every, we tell people every single week, here's how you can have a relationship with Jesus. And we want to make heaven bigger and hell smaller. And that's why we exist right here. Um, and it's not to know the answers to the end of the world, you know, what will happen. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's more interesting to see people know Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, um, so, yeah, not saying you shouldn't be aware of some things, certainly, um, but don't obsess. Obsess about reaching people for Jesus. And I have a large amount of ramen noodles I can sell somebody here if they need it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. All right, here's our, our, our uh, last set of questions for today. And, again, all these, you know, it's kind of a theme. We all try to group them together. So, again, be asking your questions. You can write them down and just submit them anonymously. You can email them at info at your pathway and, and do everything anonymously or sign your name. Um, we won't tell your name up here, so don't worry about that. But I uh, encourage you to do that. Here's the last question. Uh, what is the mark of the beast exactly, and do you think there will ever be one? Great question. So, again, if you don't know, like, Mark of what's a beast? I don't understand. Um, my grandma thinks it's my tattoo, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, that uh, mark of the beast. <laughs> that's some some family counseling might need to take place. Uh, She's with Jesus now, so she knows. Oh, okay. I, was, I feel bad for making that joke. Um, so, uh, what is the uh, the mark of the beast? And uh, so again, if, if if you're unfamiliar in in Revelation, it talks about just some crazy, crazy things that will happen. I mean, do we believe those things will happen? Absolutely, 100%. Some of it already has back in the first century, but we, we definitely believe that it will, so we're not downplaying any of that. But in Revelation specifically, I'll read the verse, chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, says this, he, talking about the Antichrist, um, who is the opposite of Jesus in every way, uh, he will require everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, of a man. His number is 666. So, um, so asking this question, hey, um, you know, what is that exactly? Well, um, I believe the Bible uh, is literal. I think there's some figurative parts in that, of course, but I think for the most part it's literal. Um, I believe this to be literal as well. Um, I think that's what he's, what he's saying, right? Um, some people, some Christians, again, some, some grandmas, maybe with Jesus or not, but uh, some grandmas are, are uh, well, I think it could be a computer chip in your hand and all this, and, uh, you know, I think that's too easy. Because um, I think if you're going to have a computer chip, nobody can see it. This clearly says what? It's a visible mark, it, and, and it is a tattoo, um, on your forehead and on your, on your right hand. <laughs> so, um, no, no, if I'm just saying it, that's, that's what he says. Um, 
I felt like you had something to say. No, I don't no, have anything okay. to say. I just, you know, I was going to give you a chance. I mean, other than you're wrong. But I mean, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so the, to, to take a step back, though, just very quickly um, and look at a bigger theme in the New Testament, the New Testament says in, in Ephesians and in Romans and other places in the New Testament, if the moment you give your life to Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you are, it says, sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. It says that a lot. And sometimes we don't talk about that enough, but we can't see it physically, but spiritually, if we were to put on spiritual glasses, that every follower of Jesus, there is a mark that spiritually speaking, we are marked followers of Jesus. So we're sealed as a mark, as a stamp, as a seal with the Holy Spirit. So what happens in Revelation, everything that God does, that Jesus does, Satan mocks it and does the opposite. And so Satan says, well, if you're going to mark your followers, God, Jesus, I'm going to mark my followers. And my followers' mark will be 666. Why 666? Well, the number in the Bible of, of completion is the number seven. People will call that God's number. Um, and so 777 being repeated three times in the Bible is it is perfectly complete. 777, perfectly complete. Nothing to add, nothing to take away. Perfect completion. Well, then what is 666? Number one, it's mocking God. Number two, it's, it is uh, uh, substandard of God. It is below. It is not as good. It is falling short. It is mocking God, but is also saying this is not as good. It is perfectly incomplete. You might think of it that way. Um, so, again, uh, do I believe that, that people will at the end time, and whether that's, again, 100 years from now, next week, or 1,000 years from now, Either way, I'm prepared for Jesus' return. I want to prepare other people, as we said. Uh, but do I believe that according to Revelation 13, it is a literal uh, mark on your right hand and on your forehead that is the 666? Yes, I, I do. I think, uh, again, this is pretty clear. They'll be given a mark, and you won't be able to buy or sell things. And, well, man, how could that happen? I mean, come on. That, there's just no way people will be that deceived. Well, uh, again, look at global history, and, and uh, uh, you know, no offense, but... History is, is true. In Germany in the 1920s, 30s, uh, and 40s, people were massively deceived. And so you see that all the time. People are people. And uh, could, could this happen? Absolutely it could. Things very similar have happened in the past. Um, and so, uh, again, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's the, if you're a follower of Jesus. And um, so I think that's uh, what that's talking about. Any, any thoughts on this, Pastor Kyle? I think it just goes back to the song we just sang about, I put my faith in Jesus, right? And, and when, when you have that anchor in your life uh, and you have a collective following of people that you're doing life with as the local church, uh, then you can make decisions and you can, and you can understand things and, and filter through things that the world would say is okay and that we would say, hey, Jesus is something better for you. Um, and, and it would be easy to, to be deceived by that. I mean, I just think of how many things that are in the world today that we accept that 100 years ago we didn't accept. Um, and then 100 years ago, the things, you can just keep going back. Um, and the world's always been a really bad place, and the world's always uh, had a lot of hurt and sin in it. Um, and, and through that all, uh, you know, followers of Jesus have, have been able to filter through that and and. I think collectively, that's the key too. I think collectively, we're able to make better decisions together than we are just reading our Bible by ourselves and, and, and making those decisions. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are our, our questions today. Again, we encourage you, 
write questions that you have. It could be totally unrelated to any of that. We get questions on forgiveness, on relationships, uh, finance. I mean, any you know, parents, you just let us know. And next week we'll have a different staff pastor up here over the next several weeks. And uh, we just encourage this is the time. If you, you want to ask, ask. You know, that's why we call it asking for a friend. So um, ask them. That's, that's really good. Any closing thoughts? I today? would just say, too, even if it's questions that your friends have, you, you, you may have had a question that was asked to you that you don't have an answer to. And this would be just a great opportunity for you to ask that question and, and be able to tell one of your friends, hey, here's what my pastor said. Um, 